Oh, what's up, everybody? This is a victory Tuesday for Baltimore after playing on Monday night. If you want to hear a little bit of Lamar Jackson contract discussions and how important home leagues are, you got to go to YouTube and you got to hit subscribe because to start the shows, we give bonus content to our YouTube subscribers at the start of every show that will not be available on the podcast version. Sometimes it's strategy. Sometimes it's straight up tilting. This week, it was a little bit of both and some fun destinations for Lamar Jackson if it's not Baltimore and uh, some heinous comments made by Billy and Jacob about uh, my looking like Greg Roman. You're not going to want to miss that. I did not say a thing. I was going to say, how did Billy get lifted to this? Yeah, <laughs> down here. Hey, Billy, there's was, no such thing as an innocent bystander, apparently. He laughed, okay? And that, oh, that counts. That's death. That, that's guilty by association in oh, my count. He did not stand up for my virtue uh, and and that hurt me deeply. Hey, that that's y'all's beef. That that is a me. That is I'll never I'll never forget it. Uh, look, this is the Full Tilt Podcast Network. This is the flagship program. Uh, the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast this is episode one hundred and seventy eight. We're coming up on one eighty. Kind of wild uh, of the network. We love that. We are powered by Fantasy Points, and we are partnered with Underdog Fantasy. Uh, you're going to want to go to Fantasy Points and Underdog Fantasy and sign up. If you go to Underdog Fantasy, use promo code Full Tilt. They will deposit match you up to a hundred dollars on your first oh. ever deposit. Free yeah. money to play with. Hey, you can win money with us. What do we say? PJ Walker unders passing yards. Gabe Davis took the under. We took all unders. Ellinger under. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and we crushed it. last week. Yes, yeah. we crushed this last week. If you if you played with us, you won money with us, and that's what we love to hear. We win and lose together. Of course, joining me as always, the man that made me go back and change all of our graphics uh, because he decided to uh, yeet his his tag on Twitter. It is now at Jacob Sanderson. Uh, much love to you. And also joining us, one of the biggest brains. Some may call him the brain to people's pinky when they try to take over the world. It is at Big Billy FF, one of the smartest men alive. Uh, we are here to talk some fantasy football. We are also here to talk about one of the most insane press conferences I've ever heard in my fucking life. Uh, it sounded like Jim Ursay was your your whacked out uncle. Yeah, he's the guy that you invite to Thanksgiving but hope doesn't show up. Right, he sits. He talks like, about. Oh, I have to invite Grandpa. But talks about he, how he lines his his hat with tinfoil so the government can't read <laughs> his mind. Like it was, it was wild. We're gonna talk Najee Harris potentially getting benched. We are going to talk uh, about some quarterbacks being well. Let's face it, washed at this point. Some fun analogies. Can't wait for that. And of course, our player picks, our waiver wire game. Uh, Crazy show. I just want first thoughts from the weekend. We're going to start it off this way. First thoughts from the weekend. Jacob. Well, my thoughts are that we're in the upper quartile of the top quartile of that upper quartile of podcasts. Uh, And I'm very happy to be with you all. (laughs) Uh, I mean, obviously, my my thoughts have to be primarily with the Colts. Crazy. Just a ridiculous turn of events. Like, I mean, given what happened on, I mean, I, I've it's been pretty clear, honestly, since like game two that the season was not going to be a banner year, and the Colts have lower standards for their banner years than any other team in the NFL. Uh, but there was still not going to be a banner this year. I don't year. know about that. They're one of the winningest <laughs> franchises since two thousand. The the proud the proud owners of an AFC finalist banner. But uh, yeah, yeah, we we were not going to be doing much this year. That being said, 
Um, so the, the firing of Frank was not firing of Frank Reich was not a massive shock, especially after what had already transpired with benching Matt Ryan and continuing to lose. I mean, it was an embarrassing loss this Sunday. I didn't watch a second of it. Thank God. Uh, what happened after that was extremely surprising. I mean, yeah. my, my initial assumption, like, so I didn't think for, I didn't think that Frank Reich would get fired midseason. I, I thought that just based off of the length of his tenure, and in my view, what is a roster primarily uh, wronged by the actions of the general manager, Chris Ballard, I thought that they would both be promptly fired at the end of the year because nobody ever fires a GM in the middle of the year, really. And then when they fired Reich, I was like, well, that's strange. But right. I guess like... I guess I'll just appoint somebody, you know, uh, you know, they'll, they'll bring somebody up and then they'll fire Ballard at the end of the year. I did not expect and did not like uh, the, the show of unity between Ursay and Ballard guaranteeing Ballard would be back next year. And yes. then, and then bringing in Jeff Saturday uh, to come in and coach the team who, by the way, like, I, I don't feel bad for him because he said yes. And surely he knew what was going to be online. Oh. It's not oh, his yeah. fault. Like, we got to take that. Saturday down. is an absolute legend, Colts legend, football legend, in, you know, incredible. One of my, one of my, probably one of my ten favorite players of all time. Um, he's not an NFL coach. <laughs> he's, he's never even been a college coach. Uh, so certainly, uh, I was absolutely stunned to see that that hire was made. Uh, I think the more stunning aspect to me was that. You know, this feels like a hire that's made in mind with the idea of potentially keeping Chris Ballard on as GM. Uh, and the press conference was absolutely ludicrous. Uh, We're going to get into that. I got something funny. funny. Yeah, so that. I don't need to go down that road at all. But yeah, that was, I mean, my biggest takeaway is just what an absolute clown car of an organization. And I guess the fantasy related takeaway is I have no clue what you're supposed to do with Jonathan Taylor right now, because I, I was in the... Uh, I was in the, the Bullproof Discord, and we were talking about potential JT deals. And I was like, I don't know what appeal he has. And, and I later had to clarify. I was like, it's not that I don't think that he's appealing as like a player. It's that we're at the time of the year now where generally trades aren't made usually on player preference as much. People are making a trade with an action in mind. It's yeah. either I'm playing for now or I'm playing for next year. Like, And usually trades are one of the former and one of the latter getting together and figuring it out. And I don't know what side of that equation you could trade for Jonathan Taylor now, because he to me is kind of looking like last year Barkley in a scenario where taking the long view, I'm still really in on the player. Like he's fantastic. He's not that old. He's probably going to be phenomenal next year and going forward, but he's now up to two ankle injuries on the year. He's yeah. on a higher fire of a team with no O-line and a team that, you know, is, is committed to him more than they are committed to trying to win this year. So, like, remember last year, Barkley, like, got back out there and he was playing, but he just looked like a shell of himself and he was playing, yeah. playing like half the snaps. Like, I could easily see that being the case for, for Taylor the rest of the season. And so if I'm trying to win now, I'm not trading for Jonathan Taylor. I have no idea if I can rely on him to provide anything near the production of his cost. I'd rather pay less and just go get one of the old fogies. And then if you're rebuilding, it's like – you know, are you going to are you going to make your rebuild trade for a year four running back? Like, I don't know. I think it's like I think it's worth doing if you get a discount because it's going to he's going to be worth more when he's healthy. But I don't know what type of player is, you know, what type of dynasty manager is like eager to trade for him at the moment. It's tough. Like um, we were talking in the full tilt discord about uh, is JT worth it? And the only thing I could think of is like, I'd kind of rather just pay less and go get Miles Sanders right now because I mean, He's a good player and a good, also in a good offense. 
And I can see their production being damn near similar come the rest of the season. Cause you're right. Yeah. The Colts are an absolute dumpster fire and it's, it's horrific. It's painful. Their game last week was, I'm sorry to say Jacob, one of the worst things I've seen since Kyle Bowler stepped on the field. It was just, yeah. it was atrocious. Yeah. The difficulty with Taylor is, I mean, 90% of his ability comes like comes from being this significant workhorse back. If all of a sudden he comes back and he's not getting 22 carries a game, he's getting 14, 15, like it just cuts his value down significantly. Right. But, it would be insane to give him more than that. I mean, like as a, yeah. as a, as a person who rosters on Taylor and dynasty, I hope they give him 30 carries a game and ride him. But as a person who roots for the Colts and roots for Jonathan Taylor, that would be organizational malpractice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no you're fun. You're gonna give you're gonna give him 25 carries, but you're three and seven. It's insane. Yeah. Well, the the only other thing, and this is something I actually saw online. So Parks Frazier uh, is now the play caller, and uh, I don't need to shout go shout out, but shout out Rich Eisen because I think he had the best uh, breakdown of Parks Frazier and and his reputation within the within the franchise, how Frank Reich said he was the first person he'd go to to anything. Uh, he was, you know, suggested by other coaches as soon as Frank Reich got the job. Like, he, he's very well thought of within there, and a lot of people say, well, he's 30. And even Rich Eisen, very smart football individual, been around the fucking block, said that even he doesn't care about age anymore because look at all the young, quote-unquote, offensive geniuses there are. If I'm if I'm Parks Frazier, I want to get the ball to Taylor every second of the game to try to keep this job next year or to even prospect for college jobs next year. So you have that. I think the problem is gonna be Ellinger. Like <laughs> you can't there's no there's no upside to the offense to the point where I'm trying to yeet Michael Pittman Jr. as often as I can at this point, even though Right, the if you go to keep trade cut for your value, it kind of hasn't caught up to what's happening in Indy right now, and I, I'm trying to get rid of them. But I there's not a lot of hope here with any scenario. So you're right. I have no idea what to do with Taylor. But um, Jeff Saturday and Parks Frazier against each other would be a world class 1990s boxing match. Those are two <laughs> phenomenal names. I actually, I actually love that. Uh, I just I want to play a little game with you here, Jacob. Um, I'm going to give you a quote from Jim Ursay, and I just want you to tell me if he said it or not. <laughs> so, oh, that's a good game. Okay, yeah, game. Let's, let's give this one. I have a photographic memory for numbers. I think that Jim Ursay did not say that. Uh, he did say this. <laughs> yeah, that, is a, that is an actual quote. Oh uh from from Jim Ursay. Okay. Okay. Billy, feel free. You're 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 in on this too. All right. Okay. I can't believe that one wasn't even I can't believe I didn't see that one tweeted out already. He just All right. this was not from the I'll say this, this is not from the press conference. These are just Jim Ursay quotes. Oh, these are just things he said. Okay. I was about okay. to say this seems like it would be a lot easier if yeah, it was these just, are just things that they I thought said. this was just from the press conference. All right, okay. Okay. Uh I'm just trying to avoid any future surgery. I'm just trying to stand up straighter and the hip and back are better. That sounds like something he would have said. He I said think it. he's had some surgeries. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm throwing a few test ones out there. Um, before, before we get into the really absolutely, uh, 
outrageous um, stuff. So this 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 one I really like. Um, oh, I lost it. All right. Did Jim Ursay say this or not? I leave a $100 bill and a note to the housekeeper at every hotel I've ever been in. It's important to write that they're recognized and appreciates. It gives us good juju on Sunday. There's no chance that you came up with that on your own. And if you did, I'm extremely impressed. So I'm going to say that it's Jim Ursay. <laughs> yeah, Jim Ursay did say this. Uh, <laughs> and I, just, I, I absolutely uh, could not could not believe it. Um, give me one more second. I'm looking for, I'm sorry. I have way too many tabs open. Um, know that life. like it's one of those things where I really wish that I didn't have to completely manipulate my monitors. Um, and of course my, my all time favorite. And so those are the three that I could find, but I want to talk about some of his quotes from, from yesterday. Cause once I went down this rabbit hole, I typed in Jim Ursay quotes, mm. um, those other ones popped up and I was like, I got to ask Jacob if he remembers this, but I want to talk about this one. I'm glad he doesn't have any NFL experience. He says, for the, uh, cause coaches go to the analytics and they come back scared. Jacob, the expression on your face says enough, but I want to talk about this one specifically because we, we all get annoyed hearing how it's talked about by broadcasters every fucking week. And then you get this quote. He's not scared, Jacob. He doesn't have the fear of analytics. I just like, I, I want to know how the, like, you know, when you say a word so many times and it loses meaning. Yes. Like if I was like, right. Like if I was to be like tipple, tipple, tipple. And I said it like a hundred mm-hmm. times, like all of a sudden it would just start to like, just become like an amalgamation of sounds. <laughs> like when did analytics like just become like, such a like boogeyman stand-in like like it literally just means like using numbers to make decisions um and and it feels like between broadcasters and some coaches and some like football commentators whatever like it's somehow taken on this like abstruse like terrifying meaning where it's like the analytics and like I, I just i don't understand like there's just these certain people it's like they've just replaced like any grievance that they have about football aspects of their lives where it's like it's the analytics fault and yeah. i find it i find it so entertaining if it was any other team's coach or gm or owner who said this i would have been in tears laughing and instead i was just in tears crying because it's that's my team uh but yeah just an, an absolutely absurd quote that it was just like i need to get someone without experience because like yeah. the, the problem is that these people with experience, they just they just knuckle under to pressure. They're so fearful, they just go by the numbers. It's also just obviously not true. Like th- the way that football is talked about in any sort of broadcast medium is like filled in, almost entirely with people who don't understand analytics and don't like yes. analytics. Like yes. when do you ever turn on a broadcast and it's like a bunch of data nerds like me, it's like chastising a coach for not using yep. the analytics? Never. Right. So it's yes. like, imagine watching Brandon Staley, like get absolutely, and John Harbaugh get like lit up on like every CBS post game show last year for going for it. Everybody's like, these kids and their analytics and their knives. And yeah. like, so the idea that like yeah. people are giving into analytics out of fear is like just absolutely absurd. But it's, it's like quite literally the opposite. Yeah. 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 It absolutely, it seems like people just, there's some level of misconception somewhere. I don't know if it's, announcers coach someone isn't understanding either 
how they should be used or how they are being used. Like, I, I understand the statement in saying, like, I want someone who is removed from it so that they don't feel like that, like, has to be the choice every time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I understand that statement. But if that's what they're doing, like, I, yeah. So, so there's a misconception somewhere. Now, here's the craziest part is he said that he wanted a coach that's not afraid, right? He, he's making decisions uh, based on whether the crowd's going to like it or what the media is going to say. And I can relate to this with that team that I talk about a lot, the Baltimore Ravens, because Harbaugh this year has been cowardice in some of his go for it on fourth down, when to run and pass. He has been gun shy to really make those gutsy calls in games that mattered. We've seen it. Jacob has talked about it. We've all talked about it here. Uh, and, and he, you can see that he's a little bit afraid or has fear of the result of quote unquote, being that aggressive analytic guy, which is sad. So in a really roundabout seemingly crazy way, I almost understand what he's saying. I just feel like he doesn't know how to say it in a way that's um, digestible for people. Like, you know, without it being an absolute meme uh, quote. I I don't know, man. This this whole broadcast was just nuts. And it's unfortunate that it happened during the game because I obviously wasn't going to watch it. But I got all the updates via Jacob's twitter uh and the the people just absolutely lost it it was it was phenomenal uh there's obviously a lot of talk about the rooney rule situation here uh the comments about um you know jim mercy on the hiring interim coach as uh it's coming from nate atkins yes it lines up with the rooney rule and that set people off of course there's there's conversations about whether the room was like good or bad the quote that he had was in like it was so bizarre like it was almost like a trump quote where it's like you like say something and then you just say the complete op like if if you were to say like trump would do this all the time a lot of people do i don't not saying he's like i'm not truly comparing like him as a human to trump but if you're like politics you were to be like are you eating pizza for dinner and then i was to be like well I don't know what you're going to say about it, but yeah, I mean, it's bread and it's tomato sauce and it's, it's some vegetables. There's some meat on it. I put on cheese. No, it's not pizza. And it's like, wait, but actually <laughs> like, it was like, they were like, are you following the Rooney rule? And he's like, and, uh, and he's just like, well, the problem is you guys, it's the media. It's perception. If you want to make it a thing, it's a thing. If you don't want to make it a thing, it's something. I have a journalism major too. It's like this complete ran. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Following the Rooney rule to a T. It's like, what? What is this? I like a yeah. around in circles. Exactly. I mean, to be clear, the Rooney rule does not apply to interim coaches. So you can hire uh, an interim coach without um, conducting any interviews with African-American candidates. I, I think that the, the issues, of course, I mean, there's a perception issue, certainly in the sense that they gave off a perception that they uh, don't actually care about qualifications. And they just like went out and hired an airless at somebody in um, over several well-qualified African-American candidates on their staff and non-African-American well-qualified candidates on their staff. Um, and then, you know, then they also give an answer. It's like the tone of the press conferences, you know, 
tone of the press conferences was not the tone of the press conference you would normally have for an interim coach, right? Yeah. It was not like, okay, we've promoted Bubba Ventrone to be the interim head coach and we wish him well in the next eight games and then we'll evaluate. It was like, this is our coach. We were thrilled he was willing to do this. We hope he's here for more than eight games. This is the right man for the job. Like it was all that, right? So like, yes, at the end of the season, they will have to, even if they want to continue with Jeff Saturday, they will have to hire an African-American candidate. It's just the tone of that, interview gave it where unless it's a disaster with Saturday, that's the coach they want to have. And then it's like, do you want to just give somebody a sham interview? Like that's kind of the tone that was. Yeah. It was just an absolutely wild scenario. And I just feel like it's something we had to, we had to discuss the good, the bad, the crazy, the criminally insane. (laughs) It's it's really what it felt like. And the, I do want to shout out the actual, the the press that was there because Mm -hmm. they were, relentless and there was no punches pulled they just i don't want to say like they attacked him and make that like a positive thing but they went after him for answers legitimate answers with legitimate questions so i feel like that needs a shout out too because Mm -hmm. i know you know journalism gets shit on a lot but uh all right look we're gonna take a quick second when we come back uh we are going to do the not in my league and we are going to talk about some absolutely washed quarterbacks I can't wait for that. So sit tight. We'll be right back. There's fewer receivers that need a big week like Christian Kirk does. Christian Kirk needs a big week. He's been not so great as of late. Uh, Wide receiver 57, 15, 35, 93, and 46 in his last five. However, let's talk some numbers, fellas. Christian Kirk against Vegas, who is allowing... Plus seven points per game over their opponent's expected points per game allowed to slot wide receivers. Guess what? Christian Kirk runs 75% of his routes from the slot. Vegas, who ranks worst in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game allowed to opposing wide receivers. They are, however, the eighth best against outside wide receivers at minus 4.2. What does that mean? What's the translation? They funnel targets to the slot. And I hope you guys played your Christian Kirk uh, after the walkabout. Great call. Last Friday, uh, finishing as the wide receiver five in, uh, I guess, regular standard old PPR formats. And look, that's twice I've made Christian Kirk my budgie smuggler of the week with that extra comment. And in both games, he tore it up. Hasn't done much outside of those fucking games, it feels like, but target the slot matchups against the Raiders. It is hilariously uh, opportunistic. Uh, All right, let's do not in my league. Look, every week we have three nominated players that are available in 50% of Yahoo leagues, and I get it. Your league is special. It's great. We're too smart. This doesn't happen in our league. Look, we don't don't care about that. This is the information that we're given under 50% rostered in Yahoo leagues right now in redraft. We're going to have three players We've all blind bid on these players. Uh, Jacob is going to read off the winner, and we will decide who to remove from our three-man roster if we win these players or if we want to keep them. Jacob, I believe you are in the lead in this game up to this point. I am lucky enough. And, and you know, as I've been saying, I'm just so egregiously far behind in the other game that <laughs> I really that I had to invent my own game that I could win. Uh, so that I, I would be able to have some sort of chance uh, because I'm so incapable of picking players each week. But yes, uh, our current rosters, I have Garrett Wilson, Deontay Foreman, and Kenneth Walker, who's basically why I'm winning this game. Uh, Tom has 
uh, Naheem Hines, Gus no. Edwards, and George Pickens. Oh. Billy has Khalil Herbert, Justin Fields, who uh, put on an absolutely massive performance. I actually have not updated my sheet, so I think I'm still in the lead, but Fields might have actually sprung Billy into the lead um, with how massive his game was this week. So when I update my sheet after this week, I'll have an update for you by next week because um, that was absolutely ridiculous how big of a performance he had. Um, Eddie out. Set the quarterback rushing record in that game. Like, yes. what a ridiculous, ridiculous performance. Um, anyhow, this week's nominations were Rashad White and Jalen Warren, both of whom got pretty bullish beat reports coming across the timeline early today about their potentially increasing role. And Michael Hardman, who's basically the Adam Thielen of 2022, cannot stop <laughs> scoring touchdowns Correct. Um, at all. And so- I will announce the winners. So first off, we want to know the winner for Mr. Rashad White. The winner of Rashad White was Tom, who bid $20. He only had $15, but that was still good okay, enough. So let's go. He did the clip. He has Rashad White. Would you like to eradicate? No, he Neem Hines can get he fucked. So Tom's roster, which will be his roster for the rest of the year, because he is now out of money, is Rashad go White, Gus Edwards, and Georgie Pickens. I got to go big. There's you gotta go big. Left. I got to go, go big, big here. Uh, you're going back to your roots. You're going big betting against Leonard Fournette. You, Correct. You've rediscovered yourself. So, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> All right. Hey, betting on him didn't work for me in the in the <laughs> league of record. So whatever. All right. Next up, uh, we are going to go with uh, McCall Hardman, the winner of McCall the Hardsman Hardman sweepstakes. Nobody. Hey, how you doing? That's what's up. Uh, that's so funny. And the last player, I'll oh, give me one second. The last player again was Jalen uh, Warren. That's the one. Jalen Warren, right. the winner of the Jalen Warren sweepstake is Najee's ass is getting benched. It was me for one dollar. Hey, it's actually really cheap, and I should have bid more on him instead yeah, of. Yeah, but it's the issue. Then, then you have to, then you have to get rid of somebody, and I didn't know who who to get rid of. I was very confused. I decided to get rid of Deontay Foreman because Chuba Hubbard is coming back this week. Um, and, and also Tom has no money left. So that means he can't, um, uh, uh, he can't claim Deontay Foreman, which, which will make him very sad. Uh, yeah. so for $1, look, I I'm did. writing, but to be fair, I'm writing out the Gus bus writing against Leonard Fournette and no Claypool. So Pickens, please, the love of living, God, be that elite truth. player, be All that right. top 10 dynasty wide receiver that people said you were going to be after week one, please. Uh, that's what I want to see. Uh, that is not in in my league. Uh, absolutely love that. Uh, I love getting my absolute ass handed to me on this one. Look, we're going to be right back. When we come back, we're going to talk about some absolutely washed up quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Cannot wait. Oh, Lastly, yeah. so- I just want to mention Kendra Miller. I feel like we could do an entire episode on the 2023 running back class and how great they are. Miller is another guy that gets lost in the depth of this class. Uh, I think most of them do have him as a second round rookie pick at this point. Uh, but he's been incredible. His TCU Horn Frogs uh, remain undefeated behind his 150 yards and a touchdown on Saturday. Uh, he's had a touchdown in every game this season, and he's ran for at least 100 yards in six out of his last seven games. Uh, he just eclipsed 1,000 yards for the season. He's doing well enough catching the ball, uh, but he'll get that third down work in the NFL thanks to his pass blocking. Only Blake Corm and Zach Evans have a higher PFF pass blocking rating uh, in the 23 running back class.
that, of course, is Andy Starr, the Full Tilt Heavy Show, which you can catch tomorrow. He does a college football recap uh, every week. You can watch that on Spotify. Uh, the video is playable on Spotify now for that show, so we've upgraded uh, that content. If that's where you like to consume your content, you can watch that. It's very short. It's about five minutes recap. Uh, nothing long because, again, we pump out so much content every week. We, we pump out five to six pieces of content on the podcast feed every week uh, and uh, we love doing that so we like to upgrade it for everyone a little bit and of course let us know wherever you're watching what you want to see what you want to hear what you want us to talk about we take all of it into consideration every week you guys have been phenomenal let's talk about some absolutely brutally washed quarterbacks and of course today gentlemen we have conversations about mr thomas brady matthew stafford and unfortunately for billy Aaron Rodgers, oh, who is looking oh, about as cooked as cooked can be. Jacob, you wanted to do this in analogy, yeah. so I'm well, gonna. I, I, wanted to, like, I, I wanted to do the wash meter on these quarterbacks, and we right. can add Russell Wilson into this mix too, even though he had a buy. Let's not let's not let him be forgotten about in terms of being washed. And I, I want I want you guys to trade back and forth. You can pick one. We can do this however, uh, however you want to do it. And basically, I want you, in real-life terms, to scale how washed you think one of these quarterbacks is, okay? So I'll, I'll go first so that I can set the tone, right? And then you guys can understand sort of how this, this game's going to go here, just in case. And so I'll, I want to make, sure, make sure my analogies are going to work for this. Okay. Yeah, exactly, right? So I'm going to – I'll start – look, I wouldn't want to let – I wouldn't want Billy to have to do this to himself. So I, I will – I'll take pity oh. on Billy. Well, you, oh, you, you can also do the same one as me. It doesn't matter. All right, all right. Okay. Um, Aaron Rodgers is so washed that it's like when you're out, you know, when you have a big trip and you go do an ayahuasca all summer long, right? And then you get home and you see your buddies and they're watching Cheech and Chong and you're like, oh, man, like I need a, I need a good high. Does anybody have any ayahuasca? And it's like, no, they don't because you're in like a suburb in Philadelphia or wherever you're at. And then you're like, well, I do have this like bowl of weed. And then you put in your bong and you, you finish the bong, have to get through the bowl. And then you're like, okay, I got to clean this out. And you haven't cleaned it in like a year. And so you put that thing through the ringer. We're talking, we're talking dish soap. We're talking scrubbing. We're talking, there's fucking caked on Tobacco that people were sticking in there when your buddies were over. You got to scrape that shit with steel wool. We got to get that shit pristine. We got to get that shit ready. He is so washed that he is like a washed out bong that you took honestly 48 hours trying to get clean after not having previously cleaned it out in three years. <laughs> oh my God, that's really good. My analogies feel so short now, but uh, I should have expected... Uh, nothing less. Shout, think, shout out to the match game, Dad. I, I wasn't sure if anybody else would get the uh, Aaron Rodgers and so on. How <laughs> washed is he? Good call. Good call. Good. Shout out, Dabs. We love that. Uh, look, okay, I'll go Stafford. I'm gonna pick Matthew Stafford. Oh, yeah. uh, Matthew Stafford is is about as washed as Steve Nash was when he oh. joined the 2012 Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Look, a perennial MVP candidate absolutely lit it up on the scoreboard for so many years, and now it looks like he is just struggling to stay in the game more than ever. 
He cannot complete a pass to anyone not named uh, Cooper Cup and or hate crime. Higby, the offense looks inept, and he is so far gone from what we had hoped he would be in L.A. Matthew Stafford is the 2022 version of the 2012 Steve Nash. Oh, that's pretty washed. That's super washed. washed. All right. I came up with a much different analogy for this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And now having heard yours, I think mine is really dumb. Now we love it. Uh, We're taking this in very different directions. Uh, I look forward to a third different direction here. It's, I'm not going to be able to get through this and this is going to derail the show. Uh, I think all of these guys, (laughs) I think all three of these players, I think all three of these players are, are washed like a hamburger that was cooked in the dryer. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I love that. So, all right, I think I I think I derailed Tom a little bit too much on that. So my my argument with this is a lot of these players I think are still good. I I think to an extent, maybe they're not who they were in their prime. They're still good. This is denial. But this is this you, is Aaron Rodgers denial. Billy, if you ever but, serve me a burger that you cooked in the fucking dryer, if I see you, I'm gonna be pissed. Don't worry, it's still good. Uh, so I, to be I clear, when you when you cook this burger in the dryer, does it go in raw or is this a pre cooked burger? Oh, oh no, it's raw. It comes out like gray. <laughs> it like smells <laughs> like a dryer sheet. Um, oh, no. So I, I, I'm saying because all three of these players, I think to an extent, are still good. I, Aaron Rodgers, not MVP candidate, more than happy to admit that. I, I have been annoying. I have been annoying people at work with being like a rational Rodgers fan. Where I'm like, hey man, a lot of good years of football, whatever. Uh, but I, I think all of these players have kind of done a magical way of ending up in the same place just through very different paths where it feels like they all somehow ended up in this situation where to an extent, the contributions of horrible O-line play or lack of targets and some varying like combination of those two has somehow resulted in all three of them kind of just looking rough. Like, uh, so like I said, I think if we were to take all these players out of their situation and put them in a good situation, like a grill, like a nice charcoal grill, oh I think they'd God. also be great. But instead, we're cooking them in the dryer. Oh, my God. Just, I just, that went exactly how I thought it would go. Uh, all three of us completely different, but equally just phenomenal. I'll say that the only one that I think has any semblance of hope out of this is Tom Brady this year. Like the, their schedule for the remainder of the season to get back a little bit uh, into the actual fantasy aspect of this, their schedule is minty. Uh, they obviously, they play Seattle, uh, which has mm-hmm. been a good point producer. Then they get a bye. Then they get uh, Cleveland, New Orleans, San Fran's not great. Cincinnati completely depleted. 
and your, your playoff Cincinnati, Arizona, Carolina. Mm. I, I think that he's worth he's he's worth going and getting as cheap as he may be for a late two. Exactly. And at this point with that schedule with injuries and buys, I think he's worth it. If there's one salvageable player out of those three, I think it is Brady. So um, I, I, I think I like, would I'm I mean I think that Brady and Stafford yeah. in particular Chris, Chris Matthew right here with the quote. I don't know that either like I don't know that either Brady or Stafford are actually that washed. Like I think they're just on broken teams and they're no longer good enough to carry a team that's broken. Like their offensive lines are so bad and they can't run the ball at all. And so like their entire offense just has to be them throwing within two seconds before they get sacked. And that's just like not an environment that they can handle because they also can't move. So like you're talking about immobile statues, you know, that are dealing with terrible O-lines and no running game. Like, I don't know. I I think with Brady, it's just, it's like, obviously this is probably his last year. So that, that's just kind of, he's not going to be the elite option. That's what's scary, but. With Stafford, like, I, I don't know. With Stafford, like, I think that if he's ever put in in an environment again, where he's still at this physical level, he could probably be fine. I just, I have concerns about the elbow being a chronic issue. He's already 35. I mean, I don't imagine he's leaving the Rams anytime soon. And I don't see how the Rams get better anytime soon because fuck them picks. So yeah, like, this, this is a beautiful, it is it is so beautiful watching the Rams model fail. Like they won the Super Bowl, they did it. The Rams might be in trouble for the foreseeable like Yeah, they don't I mean, give a shit it's, though. It's, it's so interesting. It's like they they did win and then everything's worth it. That it's like the discourse around the Rams would be so much different if they like like what if Stafford overthrows Cooper Cup by 2 yards in last year's NFC Championship game? And what then, if Joe and then they Burrow lose that had, game, right? What if Joe Burrow has another split second to get the ball to a wide open Jamar Chase and that Super Bowl is over on the last play and then they're left with nothing and then they have this kind of season? I also I want to give Brady some props. I know he needs them. Uh, That that guy (laughs) needs more accolades than this random loser in Texas giving him some props. Uh, But I do want to shout out, I really don't think Brady has been horrid. I mean, no. he hasn't thrown an interception since week one, and right. his wide receivers have had oh, a tried. very, 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 very bad case of the drops. Yeah, like, it, that was, it was impressively bad for how I'm good su- that wide receiving core is. I'm surprised Tom Brady didn't give Scotty Miller the same treatment that, like, I think it was Austin Colley got from Manning when uh, yeah. when he, he tried to catch him. it with one pass and he just pointed to the sideline. I'm surprised Scotty Miller in the end zone on Sunday when he dropped that potential game-winning touchdown, hit him in the face, and, and it fell to the ground that Brady didn't just fucking point to get the fuck out of my sight. That was absolutely rude. But you're, I mean, Brady's been – he's the QB 19 in points per game this year, and like I said, with the schedule he has and the receiving weapons coming in, but you're right. He has no offensive line. He's an absolute pylon. Uh, it's it's rough, but I think the schedule yeah, like, you take a shot. I think I, I think Brady is completely fine. I think his touchdown luck is atrocious right now. Yeah, I mean Brady's I think, on pace for what twenty touchdowns. I don't think that's going to be. I think he's fine. I just think he's fine in a way that's like not super actionable because I think that it's such a short term proposition. Yes. And yeah, I think this is like, a redraft. Like I just problem. think they're, but I, I just think like their team is like fundamentally broken. Like, and I just, so like his touchdown rate will come up, 
but for him to throw like for him to get back to like a 40 touchdown pace they need to be a good offense and i i just don't think like even if he's fine i just don't know how they can be a good offense when their offensive line can't block anybody and they run for two and a half yards of carry like and, and i don't know what's going on with chris godwin he's still getting the targets it's on a way lower a dot and he hasn't broken anything like clearly he's not he's like clearly healthy enough to contribute but he's not chris godwin yet like he's he's kind of like a little bit of a fake chris godwin right now so i'm just yeah. not sure like they're really reliant on they don't it just seems like their offense is reliant on throwing six yards at a time seven receptions for 36 yards is yeah that's funny fucking crazy I, in terms of redraft i mean knock on wood knock on everything you own if there's a crazy situation where a certain player mm. is required to have tommy john surgery oh, knock boy. on wood this is not happening. Please no. If that happens, please no. There, there is a very legitimate chance Tom Brady can fill in for the rest of the season, and you will never have a problem. Like I, I think Brady. I mean, he doesn't have to get back to a forty touchdown pace if he has a thirty touchdown pace yeah. the rest of the That's, season. With how much they're throwing the ball and his yardage, I think he's going to be. And again, look, yeah. that schedule is so nice. It's so yes. nice. He could score three touchdowns a game, and then all of a sudden your QB2 spot is absolutely solidified. Also, shout out Coach Bruce in the Ooh, chat. Bruce. Gentlemen, great to see you. Great Love to see you, Bruce. too. Lucas, who's also on YouTube. What you, That's what I was going to ask. What would you sell Brady for today on a mediocre team? I think a single second. Yeah, I think you're happy. If someone guess, offers yeah. you two-thirds, are you yeeting Brady off your team? Yes. It depends on my team. If I'm, I'm saying starting, I'm mediocre to bad, like mediocre. To, you're not selling I mean, Brady if you're. I don't think I would. Yeah, if I'm not going to the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think I'd sell for two thirds today. But it depends on reading your league. Like, I don't know. I, I guess to me, it's 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 a gamble, right? It's a matter of like, what do I think I can get in your league, and then what what do I have to take? Um, a trade deadline, right? So it's like, do I think that I would I would want to push for a two. I'd want to maybe do Brady and a three for a two or something like that. Um, if, if you're asking me this question, the day of your trade deadline, obviously you take two thirds, but I, right, I don't know. That's I, what's important. I mean, quarterback, in, the thing is quarterback injuries are so devastating, right? Like most teams in Superflex, a lot of teams in Superflex only have two, or, or even if they have a third, the third is completely not unreliable, right? Like if you have, I mean, I, I have teams, all my Josh Allen teams are, are like probably projected for a buy because Josh Allen's fucking sick. Um, and I think like two of them only have two quarterbacks. Like if Josh Allen is going to miss a couple of weeks, I can stomach it. If Josh Allen's going to miss the rest of the season, obviously I'd be willing to give more than two thirds for Tom Brady in that scenario. So like, I, right. I don't know. Also, well, that's uh, why when you, when you say whatever I can get, that's why I had to ask. That's an yeah. actual offer I received a couple of weeks ago and I had turned it down on a brutal team, but I, I still am holding out hope for a decent game or two. It, sorry. This is, completely separate i apologize for derailing no that's was what we do this report about kenneth walker this week was that legitimate what, that he what, might what? not be playing this week oh that, because of his like passport yeah he like doesn't have a passport to get to germany or something i i do not know if this is legit is that, is that why his name is walker because he can't fly anywhere oh my god oh my don't god. worry i can fix this uh so yeah i think we need to real quick <laughs> no uh yeah be I'm prepared not sure. to not have walker maybe i don't know if that was legitimate or not but um i mean it's legitimate enough for me to make a bunch of travis homer waiver claims i guess yeah that's anyway that's- 
Sorry, completely separate. Can we, can we talk about one last quarterback? Because I, I feel like this is the one that I'm actually kind of interested in acquiring, and it's okay. Russell Wilson. Yeah, I'm, I'm in on so, Russell. Russell Wilson might be washed, but he's not Jamarcus Russell trying to come back as an offensive tackle washed. He's not He's not there yet, but it's it's looking bad. But you can at least see a scenario where they're – Really good running back comes back healthy next year. They eat this horrific experiment at coach and they bring in, I don't know, Frank Reich uh, mm-hmm. to come in and coach the Denver Broncos. And now all of a sudden you're getting what they had really with Indianapolis, but with better wide receivers, uh, arguably uh, two years ago with the running back, the receivers, the defense the, and and their draft picks that they've acquired, they could really do something with it. So I, I want to talk a little bit about Russell Wilson, what you're willing to pay to acquire him. I know, Jacob, you've got your ear to the ground mm-hmm. chiming in on those value streets. Well, I bought Russ in a league that we're both in. I can share that trade. Yeah, do that. Let's do that. Yeah, so I, I sold Zach Wilson uh, and a projected late 23 second for Russell Wilson and Amari Cooper. Um, so I think that's a trade that essentially implies Russell Wilson to have value somewhere between a mid to late second or a third below Zach Wilson. Like I think, cause you're probably not buying Amari Cooper for a late two. So uh, in, in most places. So I think it's basically whatever extra you throw in that for Amari plus Russ for Zach Wilson. Um, yeah. I, I'm pretty in on Russ. Now to be clear, I don't think that deals necessarily there everywhere. I sent out a lot of deals to try and buy Russell Wilson in the last couple of weeks. Right. That's the only one that's actually been successful. Um so, you know, you're getting some selection bias there. I, I would certainly be interested in buying Russ, though. Like, I think if you can – I'm not comfortable enough in him bouncing back to the extent that I would want to sell off, like, actually elite quarterbacks and then get a bunch of Russ plus, unless it's, like, just an obscene amount of plus. Right. But I think I would be much – I would much rather take the bet on Russ, I think, than, like, a Zach Wilson or a Mac jones or a kenny pickett like i think if i could trade like the pocket quarterbacks that we're not sure are good for russ i'd be pretty excited about doing that um if you could get like russ plus for cousins or Carr, that would be really interesting to me you know and then if you could just trade a position player to, for russ for like a player who doesn't need russ that would be really well, interesting i mean i i just think i, like, I have one good for trade. so long okay yeah let's hear it so in a league where i desperately need another quarterback especially with uh a certain quarterback Hopefully not. Uh, definitely doesn't need Tommy Juan uh, surgery on that elbow. I needed a quarterback. I traded an injured Marquise Brown and a late 24 second and ended up acquiring myself Russell Wilson. Mm. And, and that that's a point at a trade where I had a ton of depth at that position. I think Marquise Brown was my wide receiver five on the team. He was sitting in an IR spot and I went, I'm going to have to do this. So, you know, it's, it's, a little bit of a high value for, for what Russ has been, but it definitely is a little bit weighed in on, on a little bit of scenario, a little bit of what I think his value could come back as. So I think it's worth going and grabbing on a contending team uh, or like you said, a rebuilding team where you can kind of move a player that's maybe a little hurt, a little banged up, mm. um, losing value, sitting on your bench to to go and get him. Because if his value bounces back at all, like they get a big name higher, they draft someone really good, and, and Javante comes back, I think you're going to sneakily see his value start to creep back up again. I think that's when you can use him to go and trade up for one of the, the, the runners. 
Yeah, I think I think Russell Wilson is completely fine. Like I I don't I don't know as though he's going to be this guy who every year we're going oh he's a top five QB. Right. I, I I think we can all agree that's not who he's going to be. But I think Russell Wilson still legitimately has like four or five more years of QB nine upside probably like in that range. Mm. And that is like, if that is the case now is the only time you're going to be able to buy them at this value until you're at the end of that. Like we're, we're saying on a guy right now who's on a new team for the first time in what, 10 years since he joined the league. Yeah. And I believe his for was Carol always the head coach when he was in Seattle. He was, yeah, he was. Yeah, like th- this is first time not right playing under Carol. Nathaniel Hackett does not seem like he's going to have a job past tomorrow. He's so, in over his head. He's on a he's on a week to week basis. Like there was rumors last there was rumors last week he was going to get fired if he lost to the Jaguars. Yeah. So, like, I. I think right now I'm more than happy to send an early two in 23 for Russ. Oh, he's like, I just like get like, a late one. Easily. I mean, there's no quarterback bet to me that's going to be available in the late one. I mean, that's going to be a better bet than Russ. Yeah. Like, I, like that's important to note. Right. Like, you know, who's going to be a late one? Like maybe Will Levis with like, with like mid first capital or something. Maybe yeah. if he, yeah. I don't know. I'd rather bet on Russ, I think, than Will Levis. Yeah, yeah oh, like God. oh, it, if you're yeah. in a situation where you need a QB, which if you're in Superflex, you always are. Right, always um, useful at least. Fucking go, go get him, because I mean, who, who's been the last late QB to hit? Like, I mean, Lamar Jackson. Okay, cool. Five years. <laughs> right, we gotta go back five years. I'm just saying. I'm part. just saying. Uh, no, I, I think I think you're definitely right, and I think part of the reason too, with at least with Russ, is become he's become one of the most unlikable human beings on yeah. planet Earth. And yeah. dynasty or just fantasy football players in general, when they latch on to that energy, they kind they use that against him when he does play bad, and it kind of gets rid of some of the peripherals. So I think that that's something as fantasy players you also have to be really dialed into um but hey that's some washed yeah. quarterbacks I mean, we got some dope and now he's saying with russ is just like he looks physically fine right like his yeah. ball still has zip he's still moving fine to me it's like he's he's missing throws like for lack of anticipation and he's missing wide open people if like i just don't think that you completely lose the ability to understand how to read a field at age 33 like i just don't think that happens so i don't see the type of physical decline that i see with like a stafford yeah. The the ball is still like the the zip. He's not he's not Manning dead arm, right? No. Like he's not he's not barely fighting off Brock Osweiler. He's just playing uh, like an idiot. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's again part of the team is he's scrambling. There's always that classic thing, and I, I, it's a lot to do with baseball and a lot with basketball. It happens a lot where a player comes in and they try to do too much, and they're trying to do too much on every play. Like we all felt Hamler's pain. Uh, you know, he's slamming his helmet and everything like that. I think there is kind of a learning period and he's been so comfortable and now former players are coming after him and, you know, Richard Sherman's talking shit at the desk. He, he hears all of it. You know, Mm -hmm. he, he consumes all of it. And I think maybe mentally it's maybe broken him a little bit. And that's some hype. That's some like narrative street, I guess, if you want to walk down that, but 
it, it could be true too. So I think you're right. Investing. So from what I'm hearing, yeet Stafford, yeet Rogers, uh, uh, ask about Brady and go and acquire Russ. I think those are the four takeaways. Uh, mostly we can take away from that. Look, we're going to take a quick step back. When we come back, we do player picks, underdog picks, and get the hell out of here. Uh, so Jake can go record a four-hour-long podcast where it might be it might be even longer than usual tonight. We spent with the Colts talk. Sweating bullets is going to be four hours with the Colts talk and Drew trying to force Jacob to bend the knee versus Gabriel Davis. Uh, I can't wait for I another. Remember what I'm shocked that a extremely volatile wide receiver as is having an extremely volatile season. Uh, uh, yeah, you were you're not you were not so uh, in the neutral territory when he was popping off. I just I li- you can roll the clip like I literally I, I, said. Then roll the fucking clip. I was like, I guarantee you, there's going to be weeks where he's going to have two for thirty, and then people are going to be like, "Oh no, he's bad." Like these are those I weeks. Know. That's I just I love your guys' arguments oh, on sweat and bullets. If, if so Alan, much, by the but... way, if Alan actually has a UCL tear, like Gabe is dead, dead, dead. Yeah. I mean, like he's like Diggs. I mean, he's not going to be as good, but he's still going to be fine. Uh, Gabe will be absolutely DOA if Alan's. Although we didn't even have... according to all news I see on Alan, he should be fine. Yeah, and I love uh, that we didn't even have time to talk about Najee or time to talk mm-hmm. about Josh Allen, but oh my God, those are conversations we could have. Look out for those on the walkabout on Friday because we are for sure going to get into that. All right, here's a quick clip. When we come back, we can do our player picks and our underdog picks. Let's go. Since Hawkinson got yeeted to the Vikings, Jameson Williams has already gone up in value without even practicing yet. It's incredible. Um, through eight weeks of the season, he's currently sitting ahead of Chris Godwin, Brandon Ayuk, Gabriel Davis, but he's currently sitting ahead of Chris Godwin, Brandon Ayuk, Gabe Davis, Hollywood Brown, Traylon Burks, and Jahan Dotson, two other rookie wide receivers who've already played and showed elite, well, less Burks, but Dotson has shown elite playmaking ability already, and Jamison Williams has yet to play, yet to practice, yet to do anything, and he's already gaining and accruing value. That is absolutely incredible. Considering JMO was a prospect that you were either in on or on, already uh, keep trade cut. He's already climbing into like the top 20 rankings. It's kind of goes to show a lot about the, um, the status of how the Lions are perceived at this point. For once, Detroit Lions fantasy football players. It's absolutely crazy. Every week we play this game, but Jacob is currently getting absolutely murked in. He is coming in last in the 15, an RB out of the top 16, a wide receiver out of the top 24, and a tight end outside of the top 10. We pit them against each other. We total up the points from those players. And at the end of the year, uh, we haven't quite decided what the punishment's going to be, uh, but the winner will but get Jacob's to doing it. Some decision, yeah. Jacob's Absolutely. definitely going to yeah. be de- uh, de- definitely going to be involved. So, uh, la- right now, Billy is in the lead, barely at four. It's so three, funny. Eight, eight. This looks like our scores look like tight end end of the year rankings, where it's yeah. like, oh, look at Kelsey up at four hundred and fifty three <laughs> points. Oh, look at Andrews up at. <laughs> yeah, I'm Zachary. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> Pat Fryer move. We're on the cool 308. Yeah, absolutely. So Billy's in the lead with 453.88. I am in second with 451.88. Oh my god, a two point difference. And Jacob coming in last at 308.42. You just keep picking players that don't play. 
Uh, it's absolutely crazy. Billy, why don't you kick us off for this week uh, player picks? Yeah, it's funny to kind of we just spent so much time talking about Stafford as the burger and the dryer. Uh, Stafford's my QB pick. Easy. Uh, he's playing Arizona. I, I think Arizona is bad, and I think Stafford's going to be good enough to take advantage of that. That's a good thesis. Uh, <laughs> uh, I also got Jeff Wilson Jr. Look, he looked good. He looked real good. And I, I think he's just going to have every opportunity for Miami, even if he's split and work with Raheem Mostert. I mean, just in terms of touchdown efficiency, I think he's going to be great. Rondale Moore uh, continues to take over more of the Arizona role. Uh, and with Hopkins consistently going to be covered by Jalen Ramsey, I'm more than happy to take Rondale Moore. I'm betting on this game being a shootout. I hope this game is a shootout. I think Rondale's going to have a great time. And finally, rounding it all out, I'm taking Kate Otten for Tampa mm. Bay. Mm. Uh, consistently looks good. He seems like he's kind of moving into like the Pat Fryermuth territory from last year, where he just looks like this kind of good guy of the second tier of tight ends uh, that isn't Trey McBride or Dulcich. Speaking of Trey McBride, uh, but um, Kate Otten has just looked really good, and he yep. seems like he's one of the few people that uh, that Brady can really count on. So I'll take like I'll take game. Otten game winning like last second touchdown that's that's trust from uh from brady so i li- actually like that lineup yeah uh, i'll go next my lineup actually makes me really sad because this is a lineup that you would have felt like really good about at draft season and now they are outside of all of these qualifiers so depressing i'll take Derek carr uh he's playing against indy and well Indy's a fucking mess. We talked about that. So I'll take him. I think DeAndre Swift might be one of the last times he's ever at this point. He went down on the one yard line was the difference of him having a immediately. Skill. They're like, get the fuck out of there, man. It's yeah, time for he, Jamal. He, he, he tripped. He went down on the one. However, went down on the one. I didn't say I just say trip, but uh, down on the one rotten luck. That's the way it is. They're already talking about getting him more. His matchup is minty against the bears. I'll take Swift. Jerry Judy is popping up in my Your wide receiver player. He had a you're, you're, you're a well-known Jerry Tom Lee. Tom yeah. Lee is Tom Lee on the show. This, this Lucas. I'm, I'm repping Lucas right now. Uh, but right. I Lucas take... actually likes Judy. Tom Lee like drafts Judy in every league, and then he's always like, I don't know, I don't really like Judy. I'd like to sell some Jerry Judy. He drafted yeah. this guy, and he's like, Yeah, but I just felt like he was falling too far. And it's like, Well, you have him in every league. Yeah. Phenomenal. The the former potential top five upside, for, uh, as Jacob stated, uh, might have the opportunity in the second half of the year. I'll take Jerry Judy here in this spot. He's low enough. I like it. And I will take the false tight end one coming into the season, Dalton Schultz with Dak back. He has done pretty okay. Uh, I I mean, I just need enough points to, to catch Billy. So I'm hoping Schultz scores a touchdown and I'm happy. So my line will be Carr, Swift, Judy and Schultz again. This would have looked really fucking good on draft day. This is a depressing lineup. Jacob. Yeah, man. Um, I will be taking. Uh, I mentioned. I think he's still okay. I'll take Russ Wilson. I'm hoping that he used this bye week to do some extra high knees uh, to learn the playbook, etc. But we play the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans are a complete funnel defense. Uh, well, they have one of the best run defenses in the NFL, and they have not a very good secondary. Uh, we saw that the Chiefs essentially just abandoned the concept of a handoff um, on Sunday Night <laughs> Football. And we've certainly seen other teams that have had to act accordingly. Uh, the Titans currently have the lowest 
um, rush rate over expected among any team. So teams are playing the Titans. They know what to expect. They know that you can pass on them. You can't run on them and they are game planning accordingly and throwing on them. So I expect a high volume game from Russell Wilson. I also like the Jerry Judy call for that reason. Uh, my running back pick is Kraft Singles, Devin Singletary. Uh, Naeem Hines was uh, brought into much fanfare. He basically didn't play this week. I imagine that he will eventually take over James Cook's role, although I mentioned this last time. I, I wonder if his acquisition was maybe a little bit more about special teams than people think. Either yeah. way, I do think that Devin Singletary's role is still going to be quite strong. And especially if you either get a limited Josh Allen or no Josh Allen, they're going to have to lean on their running game more than the Bills typically do. And when they run the ball, they want to run the ball with Devin Singletary, not one of their puny little midgets, James Cook and Naeem Hines. Oh, okay. uh, They want to use their slightly smaller, slightly larger midget, Devin Singletary. Uh, my wide receiver pick is uh, Brandon Ayuk. The San Francisco 49ers play against the Los Angeles Chargers and their horrendous defense um, that has been bad against the run and the pass all year. I expect Debo Samuel will be playing this week. Uh, however, he might still be limited. We're unsure. Brandon Ayuk has carved out a really nice roll up over 20% target shares last few weeks. And then uh, I will play Tyler, the hate crime Higby as my tight end. The Arizona defense has been horrendous against tight ends all year long. Um, look, I think this is the week, man. I mean, I'm not going to come close to getting on the last place, but I'm going to call my shot right now. I'm guaranteeing a weekly victory. I'm guaranteeing that I'll have a high score this week. Uh, this is, we went in the lab. We spent like five minutes looking at the Fantasy Pro site. I've got this week. <laughs> You've been in the lab with a pen and a pad? He's trying to get this damn label with a pen off. And a pad. Uh, I absolutely got love to check it. time. <laughs> Look, we have been in the bottom quartile of the bottom quartile of the bottom quartile of, of pickers. But it's time for us to get into the upper quartile of that upper quartile. I can't fuck it. That oh, that's such a. I don't have fear anymore. I don't even. I'm not listening to analytics. Oh, hey, clip that. Uh, We're we're clipping that forever. Finally ditched analytics. Oh my god, phenomenal! And look again. We said we are partnered by Underdog. Every week we give you three picks from Underdog that you can use. Play along with us. Remember, if you lose with us, just remember all those times you've won with us as well. Uh, we're losing when you're losing. That's how it works. Uh, we enter these in all three picks. We enter these in to um, to win some money. So, guys, I'm going to start us off. Uh, look, Cordero Patterson came back. It was an absolute baller. They once again get uh, the Carolina Panthers. This is on Thursday night. I'm taking the over on Cordero Patterson's total 63 and a half rushing and receiving yards right now i feel like that's just an absolute easy cash in for easy money i am taking the over on cordero patterson jacob i am sticking with that thursday night game and look i have more 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 than given up on this former flame of mine but at least for this week i'm getting back to being interested over the last three weeks he's ran 96 percent, 95 percent, 97 percent of the routes are you his target share has been up at an average of 20% over the last three weeks on an ADOT of nearly 15. He's seen 36%, 21%, and 37% of his team's air yards. That's barely behind DJ Moore. Terrace Marshall gets to play the worst secondary in the NFL, the Atlanta Falcons, on Thursday night. And it is Terrace Marshall's season. I'm taking his over 36 and a half receiving yards. I love that one. Billy? 
Yeah, so the this is great because Jacob very clearly did not look at the show sheet. Oh, did you take I had already written Terrace Marshall <laughs> over 36 and a half receiving yards. <laughs> hey, it'd be way it'd be way worse if you took under. Like that would I would just be actively undermining you. That's no, true. No, no. That's it's, it's it's great. It's you're not yeah, actively not. undermining me by just it's a good throwing thing it just, away. You're anyway, the smartest but... of the bunch, so you can easily pivot with your big brain decisions, there, Billy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally not talking more and being more upset about this, <laughs> so that I can find a new one. While We're not killing this. time. We would never. Okay, the integrity of the program okay. would never be one. compromised by stalling for time. For I, know, I had no idea that you were picking and, and it was so great. I had this great bit. Oh. I've gone like four or five in a row, and I've nailed them all. And I was finally going to put all that trust on the back of Terrace Marshall. And Jacob takes that, takes that chance away from me. So I'm going to take one that is not currently on underdog. But I do not care what the line is. This is going to be put in. I don't care what the line is. Whatever the under is, I want the under of the Titans quarterback passing yards against the Denver Broncos. I don't care if it's Tannehill or Malik Willis. I don't care what the line is. They can make it 60 yards. I, I'm taking the under on that. You're so. taking the under on whoever the starter is. Titans QB Titans. passing yards. I like it. All right, so we're taking the over on Terrace Marshall. We're taking the over on Cadero Patterson's rushing and receiving and the under on whoever is throwing the ball for the Titans. Remember, you can go to Underdog if you haven't played before. Use promo code FULLTILT, F-U-L-L-T-I-L-T, and you can get your deposit matched up to $100. Phenomenal program. Great show. Ton of great moments. Jacob, final thoughts before we get the hell out of here? Again. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, on iTunes, because we are in the upper quartile of the upper quartile of the upper quartile of Fantasy Football Podcast. Oh, my God. I fucking love that. Billy? Uh, Yeah. I was right all along about the Seattle backfield, and I was right about Justin Fields, too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> love Love you taking that opportunity to take back your L's. We, lo- we love that here on this program. My final thoughts are always the same, but Never before – Never admit never. defeat. Never give up and never surrender. Uh, my final thoughts are the same, but I want to mention this. Like you said, you want to be subscribed. You want to be notified on every everywhere that you're listening. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, uh, on YouTube, Stitcher, wherever you get your full tilt content, you're going to want to be subscribed. And again, comment. Let us know what you want to hear. If you're not hearing it already, we'll make that happen for you. The offseason is going to be absolutely crazy again. We're hoping to rope in another absolutely insane lineup of guests. Going to use all of uh, Jacob's uh, big, big brain Twitter army to help make that happen. It's just going to be phenomenal. A great time. You're not going to want to miss it. Of course, it is November. The mustache is in. Jacob's is getting there. Uh, you can go to Movember.com. Look up the Full Tilt Pod Network. Donate there. It means a lot. The link will be in our bit.ly, which is in the profile at on Twitter at Dynasty Tilt and at Thomas Tipple FF. Please, every little bit helps. It's important to remember mental health and, and men's health uh, is very important. That's what this month is all about. I also want to remember to tell you to check on your loved ones. Um, we uh, Tom Lee was in a league. He had a, a guy not setting his lineup for multiple weeks. Um, I think uh, Tom Lee or Billy, either way. Uh, didn't set the lineup for multiple weeks and it made people really upset and people were starting to get into an uproar. And then we had found out that uh, that 
fantasy player lost his battle with cancer. Uh, so you never know, man. You never know what someone's going through on the other side. Remember, there's people on the other mm-hmm. side uh, of the screens, uh, whoever you're playing with, whoever you're in the DMs arguing with. Just remember there's a person on the other side. Other than that, uh, in a more positive note, remember that the Full Tilt Debbie podcast goes live tomorrow. The Fantasy Walkabout goes live on Friday. You can catch me Sunday with Chase Vernon doing the start and sit show for Fantasy Adventure. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose your best days. Well, they're always spent tilting. Good night, everybody. Take Love care. this fucking show.